Welcome to the Living With Chronic Illness podcast. I'm Mariel Metcalf, Head of Living With at Research Partnership. In this final episode of the Living With Eosinophilic Asthma series, Lynn and I will chat about available information and support. We hope you find this podcast of value. And if you want to find out more, please visit researchpartnership.com forward slash living with. So Lynn, you've already spoken to us about your experience of being diagnosed with eosinophilic asthma, its day-to-day impact on your daily life. And we've talked about treatments as well, but now let's focus on support and information about this condition. So have you received any kind of support from your doctor or family and friends when it comes to managing your eosinophilic asthma? Um, Well, my doctor has been wonderfully supportive. His whole staff has. So I've loved them very much. I don't think that the family, unless they're living through it too, totally understand. You know, my sister was with us when my mother died. Okay, she was there. And she was oh, this is when your mother, mother passed away of asthma. Passed away, yeah. So she was right there, but she doesn't fully understand the effect it has on you either. So you've got to find support groups that understand. And the problem is it's COVID. I belong to a couple of support groups on Facebook mm-hmm. that have really helped. And that's how I found out about your program was uh, dealing with eosinophilic asthma and people who are on the different biologics and things like that, how it affects them. And it's really helpful because you live with each other's experiences. You know, somebody lived through this, like, and you say, well, you know, that happened to me too. Or, you know, or you can say, this is happening to me. And they say, okay, this is what you need to do to get through that. Just emotionally, it's a wonderful support to have. And it's very important. You know, I wish I could go someplace where we could talk face-to-face with people, but it's just not happening right now. I think support is so important to you. So could I ask you, these Facebook groups that you mentioned, how did you find out about these support groups online? Well, you know, you just kind of think, well, they've got support groups for everything. And so I would do support for asthma, support for Nucala. So and I would find them and I would try them out because there's some that are good and some that aren't good, okay? And so I would try them out until I found one that fit me. So what are the groups that you found didn't help? How would you categorize a group that... Negativity. Ah, okay. (laughs) Some groups are very negative, and that doesn't help you at all. So the ones that are positive are the ones that I stayed with. Like I said, I tried a bunch out, and I stuck with the ones that helped me. So at what point, because I know you mentioned you were diagnosed maybe about four and a half years ago. At what point did you join a support group? Was it once you were diagnosed? Or? Once I was diagnosed, I started looking for them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. And I can't say that I looked for anything specifically eosinophilic asthma. I looked for one with people who were taking the medications first to see how medications affected them. And then I went on to the ones that support you mentally, you know, dealing with the disease. Yeah. So how do you think these groups have helped you? What do you get out of it? Some people can give you some great hints. Also, that you can help people. 
people who are new to asthma and you say, okay, this is what you want to do. You know, I'm always telling people you have to be your own advocate. You have to do this. You have to do that. Try a different inhaler if that didn't work. And I, I think the fact that I can also help people is good for me. So are there any specific advice that you have for someone who maybe has just been diagnosed with a cynophilic asthma? Well, you know, a lot of the medications for cynophilic asthma have so many side effects. And there are a few different biologics out there on the market. I mean, there's new ones since I started four years ago, you know, like Vecina or other things like that. So they were just coming on the markets when I started with my Nutella. As a matter of fact, my TCP didn't even know what Nutella was when I started with it. <laughs> so you had to look it up. General doctors do not understand asthma, so you have to see a specialist. Somebody will say, okay, I tried this inhaler, and it's making me sick to my stomach. I say, oh, that happened to me too. You know, so you try another one. You just got to keep working on it and staying with it. You know, even mm -hmm. though you're having a side effect, you stay with it until you see some improvement. And if you don't see some improvement, tell your doctor. You have to tell your doctor, and they can try something else. Uh, one of my doctors is my best friend, uh, believe me. When I gave up my dogs and I started telling him that, he literally held me while I cried. Oh. You know, you just have to build up a relationship with your doctors. My thoughts are, too, if you can't feel that personal attention from your doctor, find another one. That is so important, that support from your doctor. This man sounds like he's a saint, basically. So what are the top qualities that he has that you would tell somebody newly diagnosed to look for in a doctor? Well, first of all, I would tell you, I went to an allergy doctor one time. He was not an asthma doctor. And mm. all I did was get shot for the allergies, and it really didn't help me. This mm. doctor is an asthma doctor, he's an allergist, and he's an immunologist. And he has the most wonderful bedside manner. And he has a great sense of humor, you know. He will pull me aside and say, don't tell anybody this, but he'll tell me something, <laughs> you know, and he'll just make me laugh. I feel like he's one of my best friends. I can tell him about my family. He'll even talk to me about his family, but I can't uh, talk to him about pets. He's totally against pets. <laughs> <laughs> you can't convince him there, no. <laughs> His kids want a dog. Uh-uh, they're not getting a dog. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so I guess aside from this wonderful support you get from your doctor, the support you seek in the online groups, are there other things that you do to help support you? So, for example, do you have apps that you use or other places online that you look for information as well? You know, any other things that you use to monitor or keep track well, of? Well, you know, the internet is a wonderful place, but there's also a lot of bad information on it. Case in point is my sister. She better not be listening. <laughs> she's uh -oh. a hypochondriac. <laughs> uh -oh. And so she's always looking for stuff. I got this. I got that. <laughs> she told me if I gave her COVID, I was going to have to live in the basement. So I, I'm careful where I get my information. <laughs> yes. But, yeah, I have gone online, checked on asthenophilic asthma and, you know, things like that. But I listen to my doctor, and I just get my support from him and my support groups. I like see. I said, so, I'd really love to have one in person, but can't do that today. No, so you would say that those were the two, really, that you found the most helpful and, and I guess, the most trusted? Yes, uh-huh. 
and I believe I mentioned to you before that I did go into counseling because all of this was very depressing. And, yes. Uh, yeah. And so I, I needed somebody totally objective to listen to me and, you know, give me some good advice on what I can do to help myself. So that helped me too. Mm-hmm. Okay. So just looking into, and I think we already touched on this, information sources. You said when you do go online, you just do kind of a general search. Are there specific websites that you do visit online when you're thinking you, you need to find out about the... Um, you know what, it was the hospital in Rochester, Minnesota. My mind just went blank. Don't worry, don't worry. But, but you're saying you go to specific sites to get your... Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, I do, because you know that they're reliable. Hmm. You know, the Cleveland Clinic, you can go to their site, they're reliable. Things like that, because I know that, that you can trust them. Yes, yeah. Okay, I just wanted to ask you something because I know you've mentioned it actually in the different conversations we've had now about be your own advocate so if you were to describe to somebody totally new to cinephilic asthma what is an advocate what are the qualities then you would tell that person you know this person is somebody who does this and that I think that a lot of people think I don't want to say that they're not but doctors are the end all and they'll do anything that the doctor says they won't speak up they're afraid to speak up because the doctor has all the answers no, the doctor doesn't have all the answers. I found that out with my asthma. And so you have to stand up and you have to speak for yourself. You have to say, okay, something is wrong. I need more help. Where can I go? You can't be a coward when you have a health issue. You've got to stand up for yourself. You've got to fight for yourself. Just like you know, when the Nutella was turned down, okay? I mm. called the customer service and I said, no, it has to be approved. If not, I'm going to die. I might exaggerate when I talk to them a little bit, but that's besides the point. Um, but you so made you it. Just yes, to, you make things happen. Yeah, you gotta make things happen. If you gotta bend the truth a little bit, bend the truth a little bit. You know, it's so that they'll <laughs> listen to you because they've heard it all too. And I guess you know yourself the best as well. Like you're saying, it's not the doctor; it's you experiencing all this. Yeah, mm-hmm, exactly. You know how you feel, so you have to say okay. I feel like this. This is not working. This medication is not working. And you just have to not be afraid to speak up for yourself. Great. Thank you for that. So was there anything else, Lynn, that you you wanted to mention that we haven't covered already with regard to support or information? No, I think we've covered it all. You know, and like I said, the most important thing is to be an advocate for yourself. Don't let anybody bully you. I think that's the most important thing. So thank you, Lynn, for taking us through your experience living with a cinephilic asthma. It's been really informative and valuable. For our listeners, if you've not done so already, please do not forget to listen to the other segments of this podcast. We will be planning a podcast in the future, looking at other therapy areas as well. So we hope you can join us then. So thank you again, Lynn, for your time today. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me.